There are a lot of people, including a civil jury in 1998, that believe that it was a lot larger than just James Earl Ray. Well, somebody that has some uh, has done a lot of research on this and a lot of work is Stuart Wexler. He is a historian, an author, a teacher. Uh, he's done a lot of work on religious terrorism and on uh, domestic terrorism as well. And he's the author of a book called Killing King, Racial Terrorists, James Earl Ray, and the Plot to Assassinate Martin Luther King Jr. Stuart, good morning. Thanks for joining me on the radio. Thanks for having me on, Frank. So, Stuart, uh, set us straight. Uh, what, what do you believe happened with respect to Martin Luther King and his assassination? So in, in Killing King, what we do is we, pre- we present a substantial amount of evidence that it was white supremacists and not just reactionaries, but folks who had a proactive sort of mindset that they could start a race war um, or trigger one, as crazy as that may sound, by assassinating King, King being the one sort of major figure standing in between, in their minds, them, themselves and other similar violent right-wing folks, and the more militant left-wing folks who were emerging in the late 1960s at that time. So um, w- what role did James Earl Ray play, if any? So we believe that James Earl Ray uh, entered the plot as almost a peripheral figure, someone who received, uh, responded to a bounty offer where there was a subcomponent to stalk King and report on his movements, but that James Earl Ray could very well have attempted almost on his own to get a larger share of the bounty by short-circuiting the real plot and shooting King himself. So he, he, he was somebody who was looking for – who was recruited for $10,000 and was trying to go for $100,000. One of the things that we've heard before, including from a, a guest on this program an hour or so ago, is that there were elements of the government involved in this plot, potentially including Lyndon Johnson, potentially including J. Edgar Hoover. What did your research find? Uh, well, what our research showed was actually that would be amongst as much as many of them dislike King. At that time in 1968, it would have been the last thing on earth they wanted to do. There was actually large scale preparation being done in secret for a counterinsurgency type of response inside the United States in the event of something like a racial conflagration because there were mass riots going on in the cities at that time and for the two to three years before. So you wouldn't want to kill King if your strategy was to try and avoid a domestic revolution. He's the last person you'd want to kill. He's the last remaining figure talking about nonviolence. So it's the people that we write about who want to exploit those divisions they're the ones who wanted to kill King. So we did not really find any evidence of government involvement, perhaps government negligence, but not government involvement. Did that include uh, the entities that you believe were responsible for his assassination? Did that include groups like the Ku Klux Klan, for instance? Uh, yes, but it's, a, it's, it's careful to know it's like not the conventional Ku Klux Klan people that you would think of. It's people who were starting at this time 
to embrace an almost religious, just distorted view of Christianity, which actually called for a race war as part of the, the end times, part of the, you know, their version of Armageddon. Wow. Um, so uh, why do you think the investigation into this murder didn't necessarily include these other people or groups aside from James Earl Ray? Why was there such an eagerness on the part of the government to pin it just on this lone assassin? I think people have to remember that, as I said before, before King's murder, we had had several years worth of some of the worst urban race-related rioting that we had ever had. After King gets killed, it, it could very well, you could say, it was the worst. The, worst, the, the first time in 100 years we needed massive deployment of the United, Sta- uh, United States military inside the United States. So you've got to cut off any speculation or, I, or thought that this is some kind of conspiratorial thing for fear that if it keeps on going and you don't solve the crime, you're going to continue to have wave after wave of mass rioting inside the United States and a potential in the minds of even government officials revolution. The um, you mentioned the fact that James O'Ray may have been responding to a bounty. Who would have been putting up this bounty to have King killed? So it would have been racist business type people uh, funneling money that they've sort of are raising, diverting, stealing to the groups, especially the white knights of the Ku Klux Klan of Mississippi, who have shown a real capacity and willingness to carry out violence. Any any specifics in terms of names? We, we name a lot of names. The, the number one guy to pay attention to in terms of the the plotting and the sort of mastermind of the whole thing would be a guy named Sam Bowers, who if you go back and study the history of racial terrorism in the United States, he ran the most violent terrorist group in the United States uh, the White Knights of the Ku Klux Klan of Mississippi. He had tried to kill King on three at least different occasions. And this was just a, a renewal, in an essence, of a plot he had tried three years before. And we were able to identify the actual people because we actually had somebody who was a, who they attempted to recruit for the plot who tried to report on it before the assassination. That's what I mean by negligence, by the way. What, what do you make of the claims that seem to be subscribed to by the King family, by William Pepper and others, that this this was uh, a broad conspiracy that uh, included elements not just within the government but outside the government as well? Do you leave open the possibility that maybe some of the extremist groups like the ones you're talking about – were plotting or conspiring with uh, folks either at a local level within the Memphis municipal government or uh, on the federal level? We didn't find much evidence of it. The, the, The best argument someone could make, and again, we don't necessarily endorse this, is that the government may well have known about it. Now, it's a question of did they let it? They definitely should have known about it. The question is, was there negligence? Or was it a situation the way it was, say, with like Fred Hampton's killing in 
Chicago where they sort of just let it go down, let it happen. But it, there was nothing along the lines of that civil trial that they that they did, if you want to go into it, it really was not a legitimate trial. So um, I think William Pepper has caused as much misinformation to be spread in this case as good information. And I unfortunately, to an extent that he, you know, said things that maybe the King family wanted to hear. I have enormous respect for them. He's misled them. Well, so um, help us out here. What in that trial was lacking? Why was it not a real trial? So, so trials get their value from an adversarial process. So both one side is saying one thing, another side is saying other another thing, and then they compete. The The person who was being charged in that wrongful death lawsuit, Lloyd Jowers, he was being sued for like a dollar by the King family. I'm I'm not kidding. They just wanted to try and get at right. truth. On the side, we know that Lloyd Jowers was trying to sell his involvement or supposed involvement in the King assassination in a $150,000 movie script that he was looking to shop. So both sides were actually on the same side. They wanted to make it look like Lloyd Jowers was guilty. And I, I the one thing you could look at that sort of quantitatively proves this there were zero and i'm I'm not kidding here zero procedural objections by the defense team in that trial that means wow. you, know, you see in the movie objection yeah, your honor yeah, yeah. sure you know cause for speculation zero and and it was so absurd that at one point the prosecution called the husband of a sick woman to offer direct testimony on her behalf and you know this that's that's hearsay, the definition of hearsay. Right, right, right. Nobody objected. If uh, people are just tuning in, we're talking with Stuart Wexler. He's a historian, a teacher, and co-author of the book, Killing King, Racial Terrorist, James Earl Ray, and the Plot to Assassinate Martin Luther King Jr. Stuart, what do we know about James Earl Ray and any connection with George Wallace, either Wallace and his campaigns or the, uh, the attempted assassination of George Wallace? So well, he, had, he wouldn't have had anything to do with the attempted assassination of George Wallace, which happened a few years later. He did express um, sympathy for the Wallace campaign, and he went out of his way to try and get even sort of loose friends of his to sign up for the Wallace campaign. I don't believe that James Earl Ray was like any kind of dogged racist himself. I think he was trying to, and there's other evidence for this, he was trying to make a sort of a legend for himself that could fly with the groups he knew were offering bounties on King so that he could be a part of the bounty offer and make money. So he was trying to establish a record that he's in bed with racist, white supremacist type people like George Wallace. Did, as far as you can tell, did Ray ever get to collect on this bounty? We be, we believe it's, it's likely he collected some portion, if not the full portion of, of, of the you need to go scout and report on King's movements money. But he definitely did not collect on the rest of the bounty because that wasn't really even intended for him. And so sort of the game he played for the rest of his sort of life in prison was to proclaim his innocence while cozying up to one group of white supremacist attorneys that included somebody who had offered bounties on King himself 
and was very likely involved in King's ultimate demise to sort of, hey, I'm not going to rat you out, but when I get out, you better have that money for me. And it just didn't work for him, thankfully. But he was trying to play that game almost like mob attorney type of stuff. Why do you believe that Ray pled guilty and accepted a 99-year prison sentence? Well, first off, I think there was pretty darn good evidence against him. Um, I think he had gotten the impression, and it might not have been entirely wrong, that if he didn't cooperate, he might be facing the death penalty. And he may well have thought that a Southern jury would give him an a, a much reduced sentence relative to what he ultimately got. When he got the sentence and it was much longer than he thought, suddenly he starts spinning a tale of him being a complete innocent dupe uh, and then trying through white supremacist attorneys. He had some others really good ones that were new left, but he kept on taking on these really in some ways virulent white supremacist attorneys in order to try and get not only get out, but maintain contact with groups in order to make mo the money when he did get out. Interesting. And obviously that plan never worked. Correct. Although he did try and escape um, and, and managed to do it a second time in his life for all the talk that he's not a smart guy. He managed to escape from prison twice. Um, but I think he was trying till the very end. And there's even evidence of this in he, he, married a woman while he was in prison. She swore by his innocence, and then she got into a fight with him on the phone, an argument, and he all but said exactly what I'm trying to say here, that he he's, gonna, he's still waiting to get out and get his money. So you don't believe that um, James Earl Ray was set up to be the designated fall guy, but you also don't believe the lone assassin theory when it comes to James Earl Ray? We believe that King wouldn't be dead if it wasn't for this bounty plot, that Ray becomes an almost a weird figure in the whole scheme because he's supposed to just report on King's movements, and the evidence that he stalked him is overwhelming. Um, but then he, he tends to be a pretty impulsive person. He saw an opportunity to maybe collect much more money. Um, we can't be definitive because the physical evidence is not definitive, but the logic leads in that direction. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. If people want to get the book Killing King, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, Amazon.com. It's available for sale on there. Well, thank you uh, very much. Giving us a lot to think about today. Stuart Wexler, appreciate the time. Thank you. And thank you for having me on.